Hi, welcome back to Escape Leaving Hell Behind. In this podcast, we talk with people who have left an overbearing religion or cult behind. I am back again today with my guest, and why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what religion you left. Hi, my name is Lauren Rogers, and I left the Mormon religion, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's great to have you here today. And now what made you want to leave the Mormon religion? Yeah, it's great to be here. So the biggest event that led to me leaving the church was the birth of my daughter. I had a lot of issues with Mormonism before she was born, but I stayed faithful despite of those issues, like the sexism in the church and the racism and the homophobia. Those were probably the big three that really bothered me. And so I had a testimony of the church, so I tried to work those issues out. But then when my daughter was born, everything, of course, changed. My whole life changed. And I realized that, you know, I was willing to put up with these things that hurt me in the church because I loved God more than I loved myself. But when my baby was born, that changed. I loved her more than I loved anything else in the world in an instant. You know, I just instantly had the most intense, intense love for her. And I knew that it was my job to protect her. And so I, that's what started my journey out of the church is I realized that if the church isn't true, then I'm going to be harming my daughter for no reason. I'm going to be, you know, submitting her to to sexism for no reason and to homophobia and racism. And so, yeah, I started investigating with my husband. Thankfully, we both um, felt the same way. So we spent about six months doing a deep dive, investigating all sorts of historical things and doctrinal things, and ultimately came to the conclusion that the truth claims of the church were not true. And so we made the very difficult decision to leave because it was everything to us. You know, we loved the church. We loved the covenants we had made. We loved the community we had. And so it was a very hard decision to leave, but we made that decision because of our integrity. You know, we knew it wasn't true. And also for our daughter to protect her from the potential harm. And now how is it growing up with like young women's and purity lessons and all that? Yeah, that was really hard on me. I had an obsession about modesty and about being pure and being perfect. And, you know, I used the church to, it's interesting, I feel like the church gave me anxiety and I used the church to treat that anxiety, you know, like it was just a vicious cycle. I felt a lot of shame about my body. I, and this might sound extreme, but like I literally couldn't even look at myself naked. I would change when I went to go shower, I would change in between the shower curtains, like so that I wouldn't have to see myself. Cause yeah, I just felt a lot of shame about my body. And I felt like it was my fault if any man looked at me. Like, for example, one memory that sticks out is I grew up in Texas and it's very hot. And one summer, I was wearing a tank top around my house and I got in trouble. My dad said that it was inappropriate and it would give my brothers impure thoughts about me. And if that doesn't mess you up as, you know, a 12 year old, I don't know what would like definitely caused a lot of issues with 
my perception of my body. And I just really viewed my body as something that was obscene and needed to be covered, which was, you know, not healthy and not good. (laughs) So now that you have left, are you enjoying being able to wear tank tops and all that? Oh, yeah, I love wearing tank tops. And I actually, you know, I just love being able to experiment more with what I wear, especially because I feel like my body certainly changed after having a a baby. I was always very athletic, very fit. And so pretty much anything I wore looked good on me. But then after my baby, you know, I had a lot of, you know, weight gain and saggy skin in my stomach and all of those things. So being able to find clothes that looked good and flattered my new body type was huge. And that's something that I have found most of the time those were things that I, I couldn't have worn as a Mormon. I wouldn't, my garments would have shown. But those are the types of clothes that are much more flattering on my body type. So it was a huge boost of confidence for me to be able to wear whatever I felt good in and not have someone dictate to me what I should wear. That was really freeing. And to just realize that bodies are not obscene. They're just bodies. Everyone has one. And to not be afraid of my own body and not be afraid of other people's bodies, not be afraid that, you know, I'm going to see something when I go to the beach and it's going to be inappropriate and, and just to let go of that and just realize bodies are bodies and people can show however much or however little they want of their bodies and it has no effect on their worth as a person. So, Having left, what is one thing you enjoy doing now besides being able to wear tank tops or more flattering clothes or drinking coffee? What's something else you enjoy doing now that you didn't get to do before? Honestly, kind of on that same like vein, I love the media and the movie options that are available to me now. I have always been kind of a movie buff. I went to school for theater. I love analyzing art in the form of storytelling and movies and TV shows. And so there's so many things that I couldn't watch as a Mormon and going back and watching all the classics that were rated R and things like that. I've just loved having this treasure trove of amazing films and shows to watch. And yeah, because that was not, not something I ever would have done. And And of course, I also really enjoy like guilt-free, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, so I have a chronic illness and part of that is chronic pain. And I was always too afraid to try marijuana, even though I knew so many people had good experiences dealing with their pain in that way. But I was just, it's kind of taboo in the church. It was like a gray area that like people would look down on you if you used it medically. And so being able to just let go of that shame and decide what I want to put in my body for my own, for my own health and for my own pain management and all of that. It's just really amazing and really fun and very freeing. That's good. And now, how has it been lately for you with all the stuff going around Jeffrey R. Holland's talk that he gave at BYU that was so homophobic. Yeah, that was really painful for me. And especially given that I had recently come out publicly 
as gay. And that was something that I didn't really, I, I had suppressed in myself while I was Mormon and kind of discovered after leaving with the help of my husband, which is a whole other story, being married to a man when you're gay. But yeah, I had just come out and I had actually just gone to Utah to visit my family. And that when he'd given his talk and I was so upset, I knew what it was like to be a queer student at BYU. And I knew what it was like to, you know, to feel that loneliness while I was at BYU Sorry, I, I don't think I mentioned that. I, I graduated from BYU in 2019. And every year I attended BYU, a queer student died by suicide. And so I knew it was a very, very real issue that this community, my community, is hurting in the church and needs love and compassion, not musket fire. And so. I was grateful that I was in Utah because I was able to organize an event. We, I'm sure you've heard of it. We went and we chalked south of campus. So being able to organize that and, you know, I made sure that everyone only wrote messages of love and support to, like, I went and checked every single message to make sure nothing hateful was said about BYU, nothing hateful was said about Elder Holland, nothing political. It was just messages of love and support south of campus, so it wasn't on campus. And that felt really empowering to to do something for that community that was hurting and received lots of messages from people who are queer and are currently tending BYU who saw those messages and felt hope, felt like they weren't alone. And yeah, that was amazing. And even more amazing that that kind of picked up that I only planned that first event and then people kept going back and redoing it every time BYU erased it. And that was just really cool for me and, you know, helped me realize that love is more powerful than hate. And that, you know, when people say or do hateful things, my community will show up and, and help and, and spread love. And, and that was really powerful to, to me. And really helped me feel part of that community that been a part of my whole life, but that I was in denial about for most of my life. So. And now you said that you came out as gay. So you came out as gay or bisexual, which you came out as gay. Yes. Yeah, so I came out as gay more specifically. I'm a bi-romantic homosexual. So that just, because a lot of people don't realize there's like a difference between romantic attraction and sexual attraction. So I am romantically attracted to men, very few men. I, you know, enjoy the companionship of, of men, hence my husband, but I'm not sexually attracted to men at all. And so that's definitely been a huge obstacle in my marriage, but it's something that once I realized that I was gay and, you know, shared that with my husband, it was something that we just worked through. We, we really are best friends and love each other so much and even though obviously it's a bit complicated it was something that we decided we you know we were in it for the long haul that we wanted to spend the rest of our life with each other that we love the life we have together and we love the life we have planned for our future and so that wasn't something we wanted to give up and so yeah we we are 
staying together, but we are considering having an open marriage, which would allow both of us to feel more sexually fulfilled. Obviously, it's hard to be sexually fulfilled as a gay woman married to a man, but also it's hard to feel sexually fulfilled when you know your spouse is not sexually attracted to you. You know, like there are certain things that just don't happen for us sexually because of my sexual orientation. And so that's something that we've been considering and talking about. We're taking it slow. Um, We have a therapist that's helping us, I mean, and yeah, a lot of relief that we don't have to follow the rules of Mormonism, that we get to define what our marriage looks like, and we don't have an organized religion telling us what our marriage has to look like. And, and that is just wonderful. We're, we're so grateful that um, we're able to define what our marriage means for us and what the rules of our marriage are. And so now I've interviewed your brother for my podcast, so I know you at least have one sibling who you can relate to and vice versa. But how was it coming out to the rest of your family? Yeah, I, uh, it was, it was really, it was interesting. So (laughs) I have a twin sister who is actually also left the church and she's bisexual. So I came out to, I think I came out to her after I came out to my brother who you interviewed, Andy, which as you can imagine, was amazing. We cried. I called them on the phone. We both were crying and (laughs) it was great. And then I called my sister and told her. And then I told my parents a little while after that, because I wanted to do it in person. And they were accepting, you know, it was a little awkward, which I wasn't really expecting. I was like, I thought this would not be awkward, but it was kind of awkward. And I felt like I couldn't really talk about the possibility of opening the marriage because they're still very Mormon and sexual, they would consider that a sexual sin. And in Mormonism, uh, sexual sins are next to murder. So kind of a big deal. But my brother, who's still in the church, who's still believing, and I, I told him separately about opening the relationship and he was very supportive so kind of a mixed reaction of a little bit of they didn't like outwardly judge but I felt a little like oh I shouldn't talk about this you know and telling my husband's family went okay (laughs) they were understandably scared you know they were they love their son they love and yeah, they love their son and they didn't want him to be hurt. Um, they, I think, were probably afraid that our marriage might end or that he would be hurt if we opened the relationship and all of that. And so that was really hard. We kind of had to have a few hard talks about that and and ultimately just let them know, like, hey, we have a great marriage, a great relationship. I'm not going to do something that's going to hurt my husband. So being able to share that with them, I think, gave them some reassurance. So it's kind of mixed. Some of them were supportive. Some of, all of them were supportive, but some of them were a little weirded out by it. Well, it's like you said, it has to be hard for him as well to be married to, I mean, even though like you guys have a great relationship and you have a daughter together and all that, 
it still has to be hard to be married to someone who's not sexually attractive and opening your marriage is a way for you guys to stay together, still be friends, still be there for your daughter, but both of you be sexually fulfilled, which is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, I mean, as hard as it is for me, it's just as hard for him. You know, I just, I can't imagine what that would be like, but he has been nothing but supportive. And that to me was the biggest indicator that our marriage is going to last. Like not for a second did he have any doubt, any rejection, any fear. He just wholeheartedly accepted me for who I am wholeheartedly, you know, just gave all the support he could and has, yeah, it's, that's why really, that's why our marriage is going to last is because he didn't make it personal. He didn't get offended that I'm not sexually attracted to him. He was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) That's why we've had certain issues, you know, like, and, you know, he tells me all the time, like, that's something he loves about me. He loves that I'm gay and he doesn't want me to change. And so that has been probably the biggest reason why I am so confident that our marriage will last. And now have you officially resigned or do you still have your records in? How is that for you? Yeah, I still have my records in for a lot of different reasons. I feel one because even though I recognize the harm the church did to me, I also recognize the good things that it gave me. You know, I absolutely never would have married a man <laughs> if I weren't a Mormon, you know. I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have, you know, had a daughter either. And those are the two best things in my life. Not to mention all the wonderful friendships and relationships that I had and I just had a lot of good experiences in the church as well as the bad ones. And so I feel like I don't feel the need to resign because I still, you know, hold space in my heart for those good memories. And not to mention that like my marriage, like I got married in the temple. And so I, I want to keep that memory, you know, sacred. I don't want it to be tainted because I know I'm not sealed to him anymore, you know? So yeah, I I want to keep my records in the church at this point. That might change. I I know that that could very well change, but for now I I want to keep those memories sacred and and unlocked away safe. And, And I know that doesn't make sense to, for everyone, you know, a lot of people find a lot of freedom in removing their names from the, the records of the church, but it's just not something I feel the need to do. And there's no judgment for me. It just it was a question, just in case you're worried that I'm judging you. I'm, I'm not. So. No, 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 you're good. I didn't think that. And now, what are three tips you have for people looking to leave a high demand religion? Three tips. Okay, I think my first one would be replacing rituals there's a lot of rituals and like ceremonies in in religion but especially in high demand religions and i found that it was really hard to just 
stop doing them. But it was a lot easier to replace them with something else. For example, I don't pray over my food anymore, but it felt wrong to just sit down and start eating. And so something my husband and I started doing is we hold hands, we say we're grateful for a few things. Typically, the person who made the food will thank the person who made the food and all that, and then we'll kiss and then we'll eat. And so that's just like a small family ritual that replaced our ritual of praying. And we have, like, prayer was also really hard for me. Like, when I'm upset or anxious, I oftentimes will pray. And so finding something to replace that was really important. And I got into meditation. So that would be my first tip is, like, cutting all of those parts of your daily life out cold turkey can be really hard. But if you can find meaningful things to replace them with, it made it a lot easier for me. The second tip I would say, go to therapy. (laughs) I am so grateful that I decided to go to therapy. It's been something that's been so helpful in my deconstruction. There are so many issues that I had no idea stemmed from religious trauma or just the indoctrination of the church. And being able to work through those things has been really, really helpful. The biggest one being this idea that I'm not enough as I am. That's something that they don't necessarily use those words in the church, but that's basically the message you're told over and over and over is you're not good enough the way you are. You need a savior. You need repentance. You need all of these things to be considered good enough. And so that was something that was bleeding into all of these problems that I had in my life, this idea that I just wasn't good enough. And once I realized that, it solved so many different one of my problems. And I I don't think I could have figured that out on my own. I think I needed a therapist to figure out all of my problems with stemming from the same core belief that I wasn't enough. And so that would be my second advice (laughs) is to go to therapy. And third, I I think just experimenting with different with everything. (laughs) Experimenting with the clothes you wear, experimenting with your political ideals, you know, like the church kind of assigns you conservative ideals and just experimenting with what do you believe politically, experimenting with, you know, things that were restricted like coffee or tea or alcohol or drugs if that's what you're into but there are legal drugs like i lived in arizona and marijuana is legal there salvia is legal there you know and also experimenting with what your purpose in life is like kind of try on a few different purposes and see what fulfills you because ultimately life i believe is meant to be enjoyed and finding purpose is one of the biggest ways i have found to have joy And it can be hard to figure out what your purpose is when you're not having someone telling you, you know, the church tells you what your purpose is, but discovering that for yourself is so much more meaningful than having someone tell you what your life is supposed to mean. And so, yeah, experiment with everything, just try different things on and, and figure out what you believe and who you are, because that's something that. I didn't know who I was before I left Mormonism. I 
feel like I was a shell of who I am now. I mean, think of, I mean, sexuality isn't everything, but I was suppressing a huge part of who I was and just being able to express who I am and what I want and, and all of that is just so valuable. It's so important. And it's, yeah, it's like the key to happiness. You, I don't think anyone can truly be happy when they're not being themselves. And as we're getting ready to wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? I guess I feel like I just want to say that as a believing Mormon, I never understood people who left the church, but then like tried to get others to leave too, or like preached against it. And I just want to say that, like, I get that now (laughs) that while I don't necessarily agree with like preaching at people, I do understand, you know, why people who leave are so desperate for their loved ones to leave too. It's something that the church over and over and over tells you, you cannot know true happiness if you leave the church, that true joy is only found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's just not true. I believed I was happy when I was in the church, and I am so much happier now that I've left. I have known joy so much greater and so much more consistently. I definitely felt joy when I was a believing member, but it wasn't consistent. And now it's just all the time. I'm just so happy all the time. Not that I don't have bad days or, you know, bad weeks even, but... I just want people to understand that if you have someone who left the church and they're trying to get you to just read some information like the CES letter or trying to get you to consider, it's out of love. It's because we have seen both sides and we have found more happiness outside than we ever did. And we want to share that for the same reason that missionaries go and serve, like the same reason I went on my mission and tried to convert people. Is because I believed it would bring them happiness, but it's just different because now I, I've been on both sides. It's like, I know now more than I ever knew the church was true. I know the church isn't true. And I want to share that truth with the people I love because I want them to know the freedom and the joy that I have felt since leaving. Well, thank you for coming on and have a great day. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us today. As always, I want to give special thanks to our sponsor and friend, Corporate Design Solutions, who has generously made it possible for this podcast to be a reality. If anyone is looking for help protecting their digital info, please email Michael at helpdesk at corpdesignsolutions.com.